0: This morning, as you notice, we read the portion in uh, Romans. I'm not going to ask you to turn to there. In fact, I may not ask you to turn to too much scripture today because I feel that uh, the things I'd like to talk about, I'd like to read to you because they're very important. We're living in very portentous days, days that are so close to the Lord's coming. Never has the world trembled like it trembles now. And since Jesus did say that in the last days men's hearts would fail them for fear, for the things that they saw coming upon the earth, I am sure that you don't have to think too deeply to realize that this is exactly what is happening. People's hearts are failing them for fear in so many ways, aren't they? Uh, Very few people wish to go out at night anymore. Uh, The nations are fearful. Uh, Nuclear armament and destruction bring great fear to our hearts. I read recently where now there are enough nuclear warheads to destroy the world ten times over and kill every individual upon the face of the earth. That's overkill, they call it. So the days we're living in are tremendous days. They are not to be, although pessimistic in their outlook for the world, there is a great optimism for the children of God. If you really love Christ as your Savior this morning, there should be great optimism in your heart for all the signs of the times. And the Lord Jesus says, you can discern the seasons. He's saying this to Christians now. But you cannot discern the signs of the times. And we are to be able to discern the signs of these present times. The Jews have little knowledge of the signs of the times, although the signs all involve them. They don't read the New Testament. And all the signs are primarily to be found in the New Testament in the words of Jesus in Matthew 24 and Luke 18, Romans. But these are read by Christians. So the Christians are conscious of the signs of the times, though the signs of the times involve Israel. You see, the portion we read said that Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled, you see. Fulfilled in what? Fulfilled in the body of Christ, in the completion of the church, you see. And when the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled and the church is complete, then great tribulation will fall upon Israel. For the church then shall be raptured out, or as the word raptured, which we use so commonly, is Latin for repair, which is the same word listed in First Thessalonians, the fourth chapter, where it says, for the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall be caught up, repaired, to meet the Lord in the clouds, in the air, and then shall we ever be with the Lord. So the word rapture you don't find in the Scripture, but it has to do with being caught up to be with Jesus Christ. And so the church is the one involved with the signs, though the signs apply to Israel. Israel knows nothing about it. Israel is godless. Israel is dry bones. That's what the 37th chapter of Ezekiel tells us. He says, Son of man, look at Israel. Walk around about them. Look at them. See, they're they're dry bones. There's no life in them. Spiritually dry. You know how we use that term, dry as a bone? That's what it's talking about the Jews, dry as a bone. They have an ethic. That is it. But Jehovah God they give no credit to for what's happening in Israel. I listened to an Israelite last night in reference to the present problem in Russia, which is, of course, one of the signs is already in great display in Russia. But this Jewish theologian, said that we cannot depend upon God to do it for us, for God wants us to do things for ourselves, you said. But according to the Scripture, God is going to be the one to undertake for Israel, Israel does not have the power to stand against her great enemies, for they are tremendous enemies that she has to face. And Egypt has no realization of what is happening, although they are the descendants of Abraham. And the Jews are the descendants of Abraham. for Hagar was an Egyptian that Abraham had Ishmael by, and she had Ishmael marry an Egyptian, so that all of the Egyptians, and consequently the Koran, and Koran Christianity and Judaism involve over three-quarters of the earth. Mohammedism is nearly a billion people now. claiming the Koran, which says Abraham is our father 181 times. So that Egypt can't understand what's happening and the Jews don't understand what's happening, all they know is that this land is the land that they wish to possess. And the one says it's mine because Abraham's my father through the promised child Isaac. Rebekah was 90 years old and Abraham was 100 when Isaac came forth, so he's a miracle child. There's no doubt about that. Miracle child naturally born, though, not supernaturally born like our Savior Jesus Christ. And so it's Isaac to whom the promises were made, God says, not to Ishmael who was the child of the flesh through Hagar and Abraham so that here these two children we can see in opposition to each other, Ishmael and Isaac, if we could take it back to a little family beginning and say the whole world of some three-odd billion people are at their wits' ends because of two children. Isn't that amazing? Even that should convince us how God is in these things directing them, you see. But the Word of God is very clear about Israel and what God intends for it. Let me read you just, if I might, as a, as a, as a prologue. What I want to say this morning could take us a long time but I will restrict myself with earning at my left here, I bet it. But I want you hungry for the things that God has to say. This was in the news editorial last Sunday, daily news. Now, the daily news is not a prophetic manual, but the daily news, without realizing it, is writing prophecy. Let me read it to you. Obviously, the Kremlin tyrants are making scapegoats of the Jews in Russia, just as the czars of old did. If they have any sense, the Kremlin tyrants will view these developments with alarm. Why should they? I mean, after all, the Jews are few in number. Why should they worry? But listen, the Jews have been around for thousands of years, And numerous persons and groups, some extremely powerful, have tried to exterminate them, enslave them, or wreck their ethnic unity and loyalty. All those efforts have failed. And today the Jews have a homeland of their own, which in turn has many friends and admirers throughout the world. It just may be that in taking on the Jews, World Communism, or at any rate, all of Russia, has most obligingly signed its own death warrant. How's that for prophecy? We ought to post that, you yeah. Daily news. Daily news. But let me just, if I might give you some idea, for instance, in these United States, in 1970, about 8,000 Jews will have gone from here over there. The first Jews that went when she was made a state in 1948 were mostly the older people. But now it's the youth that are going to Israel. And the great exodus toward Israel began after the 1967 war. After the Six-Day War, a fire came into the young Jewish hearts and in 1971 they expect 10,000 young people from the United States to go to Israel. In other words, there is a continual exodus from the nations of the world to Israel. Russian Jews want to get to Israel. And the whole case of the last few weeks is is just what that was. They wanted to get a plane that they could get out of Russia and get to Israel. And Russia, in order to frighten them, was going to put them to death. Only world opinion stopped that so that the whole scene at the present moment is heading up to that day when russia and its hordes shall have a desire in their hearts to take a spoil in israel as ezekiel 36 to 40 speaks out and egypt is going to be made a dupe of the whole thing egypt cannot see what is going to happen to them. They're confused since NASA died. And so they've called upon Russia to defend them, all set up in God's prophecy of long ago as he through his foreknowledge looked down upon the history of mankind, and saw the final days when Israel would begin to go back to the land, but as dry bones. That's all. Dry bones. In Ezekiel 37, he says, And I will put sinews and flesh upon you, and I will breathe life unto you. But after that, he says in a later portion, And then I will breathe my spirit into you. And that's what Paul spoke about this morning there. Why he says, if the casting aside of the Jews be the salvation of the Gentiles, what will their return be but life from the dead? What a day to be living in. I don't know how God ever privileged me to live in a day like this. In the last days, Not knowing the day or the hour, but knowing that every single thing is lining up for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ to set up his great millennial kingdom after the tribulation, the great tribulation after Jacob's trouble, after all hell breaks loose upon Israel, and the whole world desires Israel. And may I assure you that it won't be a matter, as I have said before, it won't be a matter of the Russians being the good ones, and the United uh, bad ones, and the United States and England and the others being the good ones. It will be a matter of who's going to control the great riches of the world found in Israel and the oil of the Arab countries, who's going to own the black gold. And it will have nothing to do about our righteousness or our holiness or our godliness as a nation that we shall attempt to protect Israel. We shall. But it won't be for that reason. The two forces that will battle each other. And, beloved, we can talk United Nations and all of the rest and all of the solutions they try to bring forth. But I warn you, though you may see little temporary solutions, this has been going on since 1948 when Israel became a nation. Every now and then a little conflict breaks out and the United Nations gets involved and somehow a little sense of truce is brought in, but the great conflict still stands down at the base. That is who is going to own the land. You know what God said to Israel? He said, I have given you this land, and ye cannot sell it, or can ye buy it? It belongs to you. May I tell you something? Israel has never possessed the land which God gave to Abraham in its whole history. Even Joshua himself never possessed it. The record of what the land was composed of is over one million square miles. And she owns today about 20,000 square miles of land. And he says, And when I decided the bounds of all the nations of the earth, I decided their bounds by the nation of Israel. In other words, first God said, This is Israel's. And all the other nations of the earth, their bounds are not to cross the bounds of Israel. And so Egypt has no comprehension of what she faces. She may have SAM missiles, she may have great might and great power. But I would remind you that Israel has never won a war by her might, nor the power, nor the greatness of her weapons. But she has won war after war after war by the power God has given to them, Jehovah God. Let me read to you a portion. You know, I feel like I'd just like to read you the Scripture this morning because the Scripture is so great. Number one, it speaks of Russia. I'm just going to mention that quickly. And then I want to mention Egypt because it has a lot to say about Egypt. But I just want to show you what it has to say about Russia. I'm going to speak to it at a greater length than this, but I want to just give you the gist of what it has to say about Russia. The 39th chapter of Ezekiel, Listen. Therefore, son of man, prophesy against Gog. And I want to tell you, when it says Gog and Magog, the best translation you can get is the warlords. The warlords. Now, notice, against all the warlords, and say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I'm against thee, O Gog, chief prince of Meschek and Tubal, or Moscow and Tobolsk. All biblical scholars go by that. That's the area of the world it's speaking of, Moscow and Tobolsk. Notice what it had to say over in the sixteenth chapter, of the thirty-eighth, sixteenth uh, verse of the thirty-eighth chapter. In the middle, it shall be in the latter days, and I will bring thee against my land, that the heathen may know me when I shall be sanctified in thee, O God, before their very eyes. Now, notice what he says. Chief Prince of Moscow and Tobolsk, I will turn thee back and I'm going to leave but a sixth part of thee. You haven't seen a conflict like that yet. Russia now, numbers between 250 and 300 million. Leave one-sixth of thee. 50 million? 250 million dead. Lying on the mountains of Israel. God says later here it will take Israel seven months to bury the dead off the mountains. And the strangers, you know, the, the crowd that goes to Israel, tourists, you know, you know, the great tourist trade they have over there. And it says here, when the tourists pass through, they're going to hold their noses for the stench of the dead bodies that lie on the field. Russia's fate is predetermined. I'm not worried about Russia. Listen, if a nuclear bomb, beloved, let's get this straight in our hearts. Don't you ever be fearful about anything. And you young folks, don't you ever be fearful about a thing. If an atomic bomb bursts over New York City or a hydrogen bomb or that latest one which they're playing with and and the scientists now, I think about three quarters have stepped out and said, we don't want any part of it, we don't want to know anything about it, we won't work on it, we refuse to work on it, and that is the cobalt bomb. For they believe if a cobalt bomb is developed, that's it. Only one would be necessary, and the whole world would be thrown off its axis, and that would be the finish. But don't you dare worry about it, Christian. All I would pray is, well, if one falls, I hope it falls right, direct hit over Malvern, and doesn't leave me crippled, but just lets me be dispatched into the very arms of my precious Savior, for I'll be absent from the body and presence of the Lord. And they can leave the grease spot on the earth that was me. But I'll have a new body fashioned like under the body of Jesus Christ in that day when he takes his own to himself and translates us. Now, beloved, this makes you able to go on in life and understand there shouldn't be a Christian in this congregation fearful. We're not fear mongers. We're the ambassadors of Christ. We're not those who are besieged and beset with all kinds of frustrations because the world's falling apart. Beloved, we are those who have great hope, great assurance, great confidence like Paul, having this confidence that he that began a good work and we will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Ah, that's it, isn't it, huh? Is that the kind of hope you have, is it? What are you worrying about Russia for, poor Russia, with all of their... You know who I feel sorry for? The Christians in Russia. Let me tell you, beloved. I want to say that with all my heart. I feel sorry for the Russian people under their government, and I feel sorry for born-again Christians in Russia, of which there are many. And I don't think we should ever stop praying for Russia. Yes, pray for our nation. Yes, pray for the Jews, but pray for Russia. There's so many there, beloved, that I believe are seeking Christ. And if I can listen to uh, Brother Poisty and the others who have come from Russia and have brought Bibles, Brother Andrew brought Bibles into Russia, they're just seeking and seeking and seeking the Word of God. And souls are being saved in the churches in Russia, Nor oh, they may have to hold it down. And at every service there may be the lackeys of Russia around the outside watching so that the preacher doesn't say anything against the Kremlin or say anything against the Russian rulers. But, beloved, that gospel goes out, and I believe that just as in the catacombs of old, there are Russians meeting these days in their basements in little places and getting their Bibles out and rejoicing in the Word of God. Pray for them. But God says, I warn you, I'm going to turn you back. I'm going to leave but a sixth part of thee, and I'm going to cause you to come up from the north parts. Ah, that's it. North is always north of Jerusalem. God always looks at the earth in reference to Jerusalem north of Jerusalem. You're going to come out of the north parts, and I'm going to bring you upon the mountains of Israel, and I will smite thy bow. People say, how come it says bow, and how come it says arrows? Because they just didn't happen to know about nuclear weapons and tanks at that time. And the only thing here expressed is weapons. I will take their weapons out of thy left hand, and will cause all thy weapons to fall out of thy right hand. And thou shalt fall upon the mountains of Israel, thou and all thy bands, and the people that are with thee, and I will give thee unto the ravenous birds of every sort. We read that in the book of Revelation, the great supper of God, when he calls upon all the fowls of heaven to descend and eat the kings and the rulers of the earth. But that's another matter there in Revelation. I'll speak about that at another time. Russia's involved with the Jews, and this is that conflict involving Russia. Thou shalt fall upon the open field, for I have spoken, it saith the Lord, and I will send a fire on Magog and among them that dwell carelessly in the isles, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Ninth verse, and they that dwell in the cities of Israel shall go forth and shall set on fire and burn the weapons, both the shields and the bucklers, the bows and the arrows and the hand staves, they're going to burn the tanks and everything else. It always interests me, I notice that uh, ecology-wise, that old company of yours, Harry, where you used to be years ago, Reynolds, who is it? Reynolds Rat? I notice they're gathering up all the old beer cans. And they're gathering up all the cans now, and they pay 18 cents a pound to gather them back and boil them down and smelt them down, you know, and make new ones. Well, here, this is what Israel's going to do. Going to take all the armaments and boil them down. Wouldn't that be great? All the swords, huh? all the guns, Hey, won't it won't be good we won't need a Sullivan law or any kind of law in the country? Take all the guns and boil them down. You know, it really, it, 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 how it disturbs my heart when I look at this nation I love so much. You know, especially like when my son comes over from Holland and tells me uh, we don't lock the doors in Holland. He says, everybody walks the street at night, nobody fears anything. And I look here and I think, is it possible in this country that we love so much that we have this tremendous problems that we're facing now? A woman here, are you willing to go out at night all by yourself? You wouldn't want to go through a street in Malvern. We had two rapes here in two months in a nice civilized community that don't even get into the newspapers of housewives walking up a dark street. Now, this is the kind of a world you're living in. He says, I'm going to have you take it, and you're going to burn them for seven years. He says, and it will come to pass in the 11th verse that there'll be graves in Israel, in the valley of the passengers on the east of the sea, and it shall stop the noses of the passengers, and they shall bury Gog and all his multitude, and they shall call it the valley of Haman-Gog, and seven months shall the house of Israel be burying them, that they may cleanse the land. Imagine. What time is it? That red light's been lit on my pulpit here, and you see they have a signal. They light it steady for a certain period. That means you should be getting near the end of your message. Then, when I continue too long, then they go, you see? Didn't used to be that way, but that's the way it is now since the doctor's done some things with me. But I just wanted to get this to you. I have a lot I want to say to you about Egypt. May I say this? Because there's so much to be said about Egypt that Egypt has no possible comprehension of tremendous things. But beloved, can I say this to you this morning? Do you do you really have Christ as your Savior and Lord? Do you really know Him? Because the days are, the days are short, the days are short. We see every sign. We see Russia becoming like a Savior, and God says that Russia will become like a Savior to the people. She's going to dupe Egypt. Egypt doesn't really realize it. Last night, I listened to television after I had prepared my message, and I listened to the news broadcast. And one of the Jews said, "This Egypt has no comprehension that she is losing her independence and becoming the vassal of Russia." You see, the vassal of Russia. Now, beloved, every sign of the times, every sign of the days points to the soon coming of Christ. His people are crying out, but there's no life in them. God's going to do a miraculous thing. Let me say this and make it very clear. Israel is going to be converted in a day. There's not going to be any process. It's not going to be like here where I come and preach the gospel and one by one people come. In one day, God is going to convert all Israel when they look upon him whom they have pierced and mourn for him as an only son, and the great conversion will come. And I'm going to show you from the Scriptures next week that God puts it so clear in his Word. That Ishmael and Isaac are gonna to get together and are gonna be filled with joy and live together as one in that future day because God promised Abraham I'm going to take Ishmael and I'm gonna make him a great nation and he had 12 sons he says even though you disobeyed me I covenanted with you about some things and I want Isaac to inherit the land, but I'm going to bless Egypt someday. You mock my words, I'll bless them. And I want to talk about that, because that's going to come too. But all for each of us, do you really have Christ as your Savior? If Jesus Christ were to return today, beloved, and he could catch us up today, and then all hell break loose upon this earth. Listen, all hell doesn't demand what it used to demand in warfare. Do you know what all hell involved in the First World War? Well, in the First World War, all hell involved the preparation of nations for years and years and years and the digging of trenches and the great offensive of men against men against men. And today, all hell means one man walks over to a desk and pushes a button. And that's it. And the chain of reaction sets in from one to the other. So that as long as three men are in agreement that the attack shall take place, that's how it'll happen. Aren't you glad you're a Christian? Oh, listen to me. (laughs) If you aren't born again this morning, if you haven't received Christ as your Savior, if Jesus doesn't really dwell in your heart by faith so that you know that when the wrath of God falls upon this earth, you won't be here, oh, take him today. Who wants to be here? Would you raise your hand up high if you'd like to stay? (laughs) Would you raise your hand up high if you'd like to be out of here when it happens? Let's see it. Well, praise God. Now, if you couldn't raise it either way, then why not come to Jesus now and settle it right now so that you know you'll be caught up, his bride, his church, taken to himself, out of the way. For he says, I will not suffer you, to see the wrath which is to come. Isn't that wonderful? Let us pray. Now, Father, there could be someone this morning who really wants Christ as personal Savior. Lord, just dwell on their hearts richly right now. Don't let them stop. Lord, Holy Spirit, just speak to them and say, come to me this morning. Come unto me. All you the weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Lord, may they come to you as Savior. And while I'm saying that, some of you are saying, oh, I couldn't raise my hand either way. I didn't know really. I know I want to be out of here, but I really don't know Christ on my heart as my own personal Savior. And if you didn't, would you raise your hand now and just say, Pastor, pray for me. I won't take you down to the front, nothing like that. I'm not going to call you out. Just put your hand up high. Yes, I saw that hand. Lord, bless you. Praise God. All right, someone else to join this one that raise their hand for Christ. Just put it up high. Yes, I see your hand. Lord bless you. Just put it up and say, Pastor, pray for me. Just wait till I see it. I'm not going to call you down to the front. I won't bring you down here. But yes, I see your hand back there. Lord bless you. You may put it down. Uh, anyone else to join these three who've already testified? Yes, I want Christ in my heart this morning. I really mean business with God. I want him as my Savior. Just put it up till I see it, and I'll recognize it. Anywhere, this is the time. Don't hesitate. Don't wait. What a blessed day this can be for you. Just put it high. Pastor, pray for me. Pray for me. I really want Christ in my heart. Just one more half minute, and then I stop. Anyone at all? Are you thinking I should do it? Why don't I raise my hand up? Well, do it. Do it. Get right with God. Yes, I see your hand, young man. God bless you. Anyone else? Put it up high. Don't hesitate to join these who've already done it. Take that courage and just say, Lord Jesus, I want you as my Savior. One moment now, and then I close. One moment. Anyone else? Quickly. The Lord is looking for you. Quickly. Anywhere at all. Yes, Lord, bless you. God bless you. I don't like to stop while people are raising their hands. Come unto me, Jesus says. Whosoever shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father in heaven. Won't you confess him this morning before men? Anywhere else? Quickly. Hand up high. Pastor, pray for me in the balcony, down here, in the congregation, in the sanctuary, lower sanctuary, anyone at all. Now, Father, we do thank thee for all of these who have raised their hands for Christ this morning. And we pray thy blessing upon them, Lord, each one we do not know them by name. But we would ask this morning that before they leave, they just take an attendance card, Father, put it on their hearts to take one and put their name on with just an S that says that they have now come to Christ and they're saved. Lord, lay it upon their hearts to do that before they leave the pew. And then just, Father, as they leave, may they just have in their heart that one desire that they may live for Jesus Christ. Father, touch each heart and fill them with thy Holy Spirit in Christ's name, amen.